Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Ravi Sood, who's the chairman of Galani Gold, the TSXV developer and producer of gold with assets in uh, Botswana and also in South Africa. We talk about the road to where they are today, having uh, first bought their first asset in 2011, second asset in 2015, and some of the trials and tribulations of they've had to overcome of working in Africa. Um, they are pretty self-sufficient. They will be free cash flowing by 2022, uh, but need to pay off 12 million of uh, debt between now and then. Looks like they'll be able to do that. Pretty tightly run ship. A uh, lot to like about uh, this interview. So do listen and enjoy the podcast. Ravi, how are you doing, sir? Uh, fantastic. Good man. Where are you? This morning, I am in Toronto. All right. That's uh, that's where you hold up normally base, is it? You coping? You bored yet? Um, yes. Uh, I'm ready to move on into September in earnest. Yes, uh, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like like a lot of us trying to, trying to be good, but uh, also trying not to. It's time. Go it's mad. Time. It is definitely time. It's time. Um, well, look, we're going to hear your story. We've not met or spoken before. It's a new story to us. A lot of demand uh, out there. A lot of our uh, followers asking us to speak to you. So thank you very much for coming on the show. So why don't you kick off, give us that one minute overview of the business, then we'll pick it up from there. Sure thing. Galani Gold is a gold producer. So we started uh, almost 10 years ago now by buying what we call the Mupani Gold Mines in Botswana from I Am Gold. I Am Gold was a seller at that time. <clears throat> they bought the uh, that company in 2006. It was an ASX listed company at the time. And at the time, it was a really important asset to IM Gold. It was very much relevant to them in terms of production and percentage of their total portfolio. But by 2010-11, uh, we actually closed the acquisition in August 2011. It was too small for them. And it was geographically isolated in their portfolio. So uh, made sense for them to sell it, but great opportunity for us to buy it. And what we saw there was an asset that was, for a couple of years anyways, very much undermanaged. Obviously, I am Gold's a great company. They have great people, but being uh, the smallest uh, operating asset in their portfolio, it was a little bit unloved. And there's a lot of opportunity there to improve it from active management and fit to purpose management, and also uh, extend the operating life. So it was meant to close as an open pit operation only two years after we bought it. Uh, but we saw an opportunity to transition to underground mining and uh, dramatically extend the operating life. So we did that, and that was the main order of business for the first few years of our company. And then we saw an opportunity. We looked at many opportunities, as you can imagine, uh, but an opportunity to leverage that platform in Botswana and a team that had uh, built and commissioned an underground mine and, and cut costs from uh, an existing operation and acquired uh, what's called the Galaxy Mine in South Africa uh, out of what you could call a restructuring process uh, at that point. So this is a mine that has produced in some shape or form almost continuously since the 1880s, uh, if you could believe that. So huge opportunity with lots of infrastructure, really well understood geology. Uh, at the time it came with about a 1.6 million ounce resource, uh, all categories. Uh, and it was uh, what I call a, a hot restart. So <clears throat> it wasn't a complete, it was a shutdown mine, uh, effectively on care and maintenance, but the Wi-Fi was on, the lights are on, there is skeleton staff, 
uh, everything was kind of ready to get going. So a, a rolling start or a hot restart. And that deal closed, that acquisition closed for us December 2015, so almost five years ago now. And uh, while we muddled through the very low gold price period in 14, 15, 16, 17, and started to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel in 2018, we made some incremental uh, progress to restarting that mine. Uh, and then as we got the higher gold prices, we completed a small financing, uh, primarily debt in 2018 and uh, started the restart in earnest and uh, started to see some uh, production in 2019 and this year in 2020, definitely affected by COVID, uh, but um, uh, are now uh, uh, seeing the uh, near, near completion on what we call phase one uh, production, which is about 23 or 24,000 ounces a year. Great, perfect. Okay, th thanks for that sort of detailed summary. Um, let me try and understand what I'm buying into. You sound like you, you are attracted to, drawn to, unloved, slightly broken, slightly bent companies or assets, and you're coming in, you think you can get a deal. So do you think when you acquired these things that you were you were getting them cheap? Was that, was that part of the allure? Definitely. My, my background, I uh, spent uh, the first half of my career as a fund manager and being based in Canada, of course, a heavy focus on natural resources. So spent a lot of time sort of uh, evolving my thinking on, on you know, how do you uh, create value for yourself as an investor? And then, of course, that had to evolve further as I, I say I jumped to the other side of the desk and became the person asking for money as opposed to the person doling it out, but still had that frame of reference very much in my mind. And, you know, where I look at these opportunities, uh, most of the money, to be completely plain in the, any highly cyclical business like gold, is made on how you ride your cycle. So we closed our first acquisition in August 2011, which you may recall was the month that gold topped 1900 and did not see it again for approximately nine years. Uh, so that was uh, a brutal time to close that acquisition, but that was us entering the game. So our uh, mantra <clears throat> for the really five or six years was batten down the hatches, don't blow up the capital structure, keep ourselves afloat under our own steam, fund ourselves, and come out the other side. I don't know when the other side is going to appear or what it's going to look like, but gold is going to go go back to where it was, go higher. And as long as we're in the game and we're intact, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. So that was that's the key thing to do. So the last thing we wanted to do was look at where are we going to buy something and we're going to plow $100 million or $200 million into CapEx. When there are other opportunities to buy things, a little bit trickier. They all have a twist to them for sure, uh, but where you've got literally uh, in, in both of our assets, over $100 million had gone in in terms of infrastructure. Uh, that's something that we would never have been able to fund, certainly in those years, would take years, and we got it like that. Uh, we just showed up and it was there. So huge opportunity to leverage that infrastructure base with a and really generate returns for ourselves. Okay. I'm, I'm hearing the beginning of beginning of a, a topic I want to discuss, which is key learnings moving from asset manager to being a miner. Okay, one's paper based theory, a lot of you know, and and you'd have been a lot younger then, you know, lear, learning um, different sets of skills. What do you think you've learned from that first acquisition? Because you brought that back in 2011, peak of the market. Okay, so. Do you look back and go, we should have paid a lot less. Maybe we shouldn't have done that deal. You know, it's only going to work 
at today's prices, right? So is that a deal you, that looking back you'd have done? Uh, it's hard to put the, a totally clear lens on it because it was what got us in the game. Of course, I wish I bought it six months later, uh, never mind two years later. Uh, if we'd waited two years, in that case, the asset would have just been shut. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, the primary thing is like, how do you ride the cycle? That doesn't mean you can't do deals on the way up or even near the peak, but it should be a bit of a different deal, shouldn't it? So we structured that deal um, in a way that was, we it was a $30 million purchase price of which $10 million was cash. So that was money in and right out the door, uh, $5 million note. So we did pay that out of cash flow. We paid IM Gold back over uh, over a period of a couple of years and didn't have to do a financing to do it. It was under our own steam. And the other half was in paper in Nuco. So that was a, a we, there was no royalty. There was no residual ownership at the operating level. That was a way of back ending it sort of to, to uh, you know, de-risk it, if you will. And of course, leave some upside if gold had uh, done something different for IM Gold. So structurally, we can deal with that. But, you know, yeah, of course, if I had a time machine, I would say, let's let's buy this asset in 2013, not 2011. So like you, first deal, like you said, it got you into the game. And sometimes that's the most important thing. So you, you've you overpaid, you've learned, but you've learned some lessons. So what were the lessons that you applied to the next deal, when you, which you did in 2015? Yeah, and, and we, we structured it. Uh, there's uh, similar aspects to it. That one already had debt on it, and that was what had got it into that sort of uh, process that had appeared on our desks. And um, that one we were able to, to we we're the beneficiary then of a, a couple years of bear market in the in the gold market and buyer's market if you will and we were able to minimal outlay of stock almost nominal outlay of cash less than a million dollars really just covering people's bills and then assumption of debt which we restructured substantially to be heavily in our favor unsecured subordinated no cash interest uh, very flexible terms on repayment and of course uh, that was one where we picked up <clears throat> what was at the time 1.6 million ounces at, at all categories, now 2.4 million ounces. So if you look at our acquisition cost per ounce, uh, it was almost zero in terms of equity and cash up front. And in deferred debt, we paid a couple dollars per ounce. So fantastic acquisition, one that could only be done at the bottom of the cycle. W one thing I do want to clarify, the, the Bupani acquisition, it looked great for 2011-12. Remember, gold did hang on 1600 plus for a year, year and a half there. Looked very bad for several years, but we've continued to produce. It's continued to pay all our bills. It continued to fund Galaxy. It funded the acquisition of the Galaxy mine and the care and maintenance cost there for the first couple of years. And now, nine years later, with gold uh, at $1,900 plus, the Mupani mine is a huge contributor. So... Uh, overnight success, nine years in the making, but now the purchase price looks fantastic again. It, it, it does look fantastic, but I'm, I guess I'm thinking I need to feel that like we we all learn as we go. You're a young guy. Uh, we learn as we go. Um, but shareholders who kind of came in at that point expecting great things, um, I guess you could say it, it was entirely down to the market, but it's, it's also partially down to... You know, do you think more and a more experienced head would have negotiated a better deal? Yeah, pro probably because you know life isn't always where, well where we are now. 
That's that's kind of why, why I'm interested in this conversation because your share price right. in the last three four months has gone, you know, it's two and a half times what it was, uh, which which is fantastic news. But it's is it all down to got positive gold environment or have you done something which the markets reacted to? It's both. Right. It's both. And and I'll note it's yeah it's gone up a lot, but it's still below. To your point. It's still below where it was when we acquired the first asset. So that yeah, uh, inflation we're adjusted. Still, we're for still sure. completing our very long round trip. Yeah. So uh, which is uh, an opportunity for those buying now, and still uh, underscores your point. I think that uh, we have to look back and see what we can learn from the past. But to your second point about you know why is the share price? Has it been anything we've done, or has it been the market? And it is. It is clearly both. Uh, there's we, our share price would not have moved anywhere near as much without a huge okay. move in gold. Uh, but from a management point of view and execution point of view, this move in gold price has happened at the same time that we've basically commissioned our second asset and our production profiles going like this, our debt profiles going like this. And it's just been one of those very happy intersections of good things happening uh, internally at the same time that they're happening externally. Okay, so let's look at this planning thing. So you, you, as you said, you like buying things at a discount, but they've got to be either a bit broken, they're a little bit unloved and maybe non-core, better way of putting it. Um, you've got that, therefore we've got to have a view about these cycles, where you are in this cycle, because you know e- even galaxies wouldn't work at the in the market environment that you bought it for what for the price that you paid etc great deal or not it was going to always going to struggle so in this gold environment you you produce throwing off a lot more cash i guess the question i want to understand is what are you going to be doing with that you're paying down debt at the moment quicker than you you you'd, you thought you would be able to about a year ago um in fact how quickly will you be paying that off when when's the debt get settled yeah, we have uh, two pieces of debt that we're focused on. I mean, just to, to give you a more complete answer, we have, uh, what are we doing with our cash? And we are generating free cash at this point, uh, quite a bit of it. Uh, first priority is repaying debt. So we've got uh, you know uh, two series of debt. So one is a secured loan with a, a South African lender. Uh, we're paying that down at about $200,000 a month in principle. It's a $5 million loan. Uh, so that'll get paid off in a year and a half. Uh, and then we have uh, another seven, six and a half million dollar piece of debt. We're paying down two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month there. So th- those pieces of debt will be paid off by uh, two thousand twenty-two. But our cash is also increasing uh, in excess of what we're using to pay down debt. So on a net basis, at some point in two thousand twenty-one, we'll have net debt of zero. Second priority: uh, funding the growth at Galaxy. So we're self-funding. Uh, are all the the primary capex, with the exception of some development uh, drilling, is uh, done at Galaxy. But we have a phase two expansion, which we release the details of in June, and we can fund that out of our cash flow. So it's highly accretive for us to do that. So that's, fun. So that's fantastic. So let, let's get on to that in a second, because I want to understand, so what have been the restrictions this year? Obviously, COVID's impacted everyone. So we've heard stories out of uh, South Africa, which you're in. I know you're in the northern of South Africa and, and Botswana. So what's the impact been on you and output? Uh, so we've been impacted in a number of ways. Uh, first off was as the COVID started to evolve and the situation globally started to evolve, uh, we started to expand our uh, uh, inventory of critical stores. So our working capital consumption went up. That was more of a precautionary measure, particularly with uh, Botswana being a landlocked country. And 
you know, gold mining, you need cyanide, you need oxygen, you need uh, grinding media, all sorts of things that you need to come in uh, on a regular basis. And of course, we manage that as a compact a supply chain and minimize our working capital. But we we took the advantage of higher gold prices and more cash flowing through the, the coffers to uh, increase our stores and sort of build up that buffer. No major supply chain disruptions, a little bit worried in uh, March, April, but nothing serious hit us. Second was outright shutdown, uh, which we did have uh, in Botswana and South Africa for a while. We lost in total about a month, uh, plus or minus, in either uh, in both jurisdictions. And that was uh, in both places, we were deemed a critical industry and were able to uh, go on operating. But we were, as that evolved and was figured out and the regulations were determined and protocols, we did have a period of shutdown. So that hit our Q2, and, and we've discussed that in our, our disclosures. And now, looking at us here in September, uh, we, you know, if uh, Botswana hasn't really been heavily impacted, South Africa has had a large number of cases, and, and the situation continues to evolve there. We are operating with strict protocols in place, which, as an underground miner, has affected our ability and throughput underground reduces our headcount and trying to maintain social distancing in those compact spaces is a challenge. So in Botswana, it's been a, a it continues to be an impact for sure, but it's limited. Uh, we're able to uh, get uh, most of our flow, our throughput on the mining side, a little bit reduced and on the plant side and processing, we don't have so much of an issue. That's not the bottleneck. It's definitely on the mining side and a galaxy, which is South Africa, a little bit more of an impact there, uh, but again, no no real bottleneck on the processing side. We have excess capacity there, so we are getting slowed down a bit on the mining. The ore is not going anywhere. The gold's still on the ground. Of course, we'd like to get it faster, not slower. Uh, but as of now, we're just following the protocols as strictly as we can and uh, watching the situation evolve. And I, I mean, we don't have any specific dates, but I'm optimistic by uh, certainly by 2021, we'd be back at normal staffing levels. Okay, so just to understand, so how much ore is sitting at surface for processing in South Africa? No, we have, we have no uh, bottleneck there. So we have no issue with uh, the, the processing. It's really the, the amount of uh, people that we can have underground at once and how right. uh, our throughput on the side. So we don't have any buildup of the ROM pad or anything like that. It's really just getting uh, trying to um, uh, maximize what we can get out on the mining side. So what percentage of your staff are working underground at the moment? So it, uh, yeah, we're we're down to it in certain uh, parts, uh, two people uh, where we otherwise would have four or six. Uh, so that is, it is impacting us. We can mitigate that by running more shifts, uh, doing other things to automate the process. And so it's not a linear reduction. We don't have one third or one half the throughput, but it's affecting our throughput. So uh, we saw it in our Q2 numbers, discussed it a little bit. It's in our Q3, so uh, the production is going up because Galaxy is starting to contribute more. And, and Mupani, we're not losing; we didn't lose that like whole month like we did in Q2. Uh, but it is impacting us, and will continue to impact us throughout the year. Uh, but uh, you know, we'd expect to lose sort of like 15 or 20 percent of our production uh, at the margin, which we'll, we can't really get it all. At Mupani, we can uh, get it back uh, and have a bit of a lift in 2021. At Galaxy, no, it's just time shifted out. So it's um, that's uh, a little bit of a, a deeper bite. But as I said, you know, with these gold prices, we're still self-funding. We're still generating free cash flow, right? Uh, and we, we're doing our best to operate within the protocols. So what's what's fifteen or twenty percent production as a percentage of your margin? So in our, our normal, uh, yeah, in our normal course, we'd be. Um, 
operating Mupani would be either side of 35,000 ounces this year. Uh, so you can take 15% off that. Um, I think what might do a little bit better uh, than minus 15%. It might be closer to 10% when all's said and done, but we'll see. Uh, and that would have, if it was gold prices of 2018, that would have been very painful for us. But now, you know, instead of having an all-in operating cost, that would have been uh, more like 1050. We'll come out something like 1150 at Mupani. So yeah, it does hit our. Uh, of course, we have reduced staffing, and uh, you know, the, there's less mining activity. We pay by the meter, pay by the ton. Uh, so there are variable costs that have come down, but it does impact uh, our total cost and does impact our margin. But now you're talking about uh, instead of $800 an ounce or $900 an ounce margin, it's $700 or $750 an ounce. So negative impact, no question. And at Mupani, hopefully we can get that back with uh, in 2021 with a little bit of an accelerated production schedule. Okay, I, I'm guessing what I'm trying the number I'm trying to get at is you know how much less free cash flow will you have from operations before that is paid? Yeah. So I mean, you could basically take off. Uh, if you take off three or four thousand ounces from Mupani, uh, and say we would have had seven hundred fifty or eight hundred dollars an ounce uh, margin on that, there you go. Got so you're, you're talking about on the order of three million dollars uh, of, of operating margin that we would have had. So the numbers are going to look amazing at the end of the year. Uh, they would have been amazinger <laughs> if we if we hadn't had COVID, but uh, perhaps gold price wouldn't have moved up this fast either. Okay, well, uh, so let's talk, let's talk about phase two then, because you're not quite clear on timing yet, because you've got to follow guidelines. Uh, but your expectation is Q1. So phase one was to complete our, our previous guidance uh, pre-COVID was uh, August or September, and the the where that flows from is when we hit uh, galaxies. Uh, we call it a constellation of 21 ore bodies, and for our phase one production, most of it was. That the contribution was from the galaxy ore body, hence the name galaxy. And as we developed into galaxy, we we're getting called incidental production from the development uh, uh, work, but also mining from another ore body called Princeton, and also some production from old mineral sands, which we're reprocessing through the plant that we built there. So getting production along the way, month by month, uh, but not in that full swing, 23, 24. Uh, thousand ounces of production a year, primarily coming from Galaxy, till we get into that ore body. So that uh, September timeframe has now been shifted to January. So we pushed everything out four months, and that was kind of like the month that we lost, plus delays along the way, giving ourselves a little bit more buffer for other issues that might pop up around COVID. And now we're guiding people to January. So for 2021, for basically that year, we're going to be in full phase one production at Galaxy. Huge contributor contributing sort of on the order of 23,000 net ounces of production to Galani. Uh, at our original plan was going back three years ago, was that, you know, assuming that the market would be like it was, where we couldn't really access capital on anything but absolutely horrific terms, super dilutive and very expensive debt, if you could get it, we had planned to just pay down debt at a cash flow, accumulate cash, and fund our transition to phase two which we'd already built the plant to accommodate phase two. So it was really basically doubling mining capacity and, and everything that went with, with that. But because of the much higher gold prices, we can basically fund it internally, no financing, no debt, uh, and do it under our own steam in 2021. So we'll start work on phase two, basically as soon as we're uh, into comp have completed phase one. So we would expect to 
get that phase two kind of production levels by as soon as 2023. Why don't you go and raise money in the market now? The share price two and a half times what it was. Surely there's better things that you could be doing if you if you can drive some kind of growth story um, through further acquisition. I mean, you, you, you like a bit of M&A because you don't, you know, you've got projects outside of Galani. So is, is that been a consideration, a conversation that you guys have had? Absolutely. And I think um, there, there's a few factors at, at work. So uh, our company is quite unusual in that uh, management board and immediate family members own over 50% of Galani Gold. So that's a level of insider ownership that you just uh, you don't see uh, almost in any company, so certainly not a gold miner, a junior gold miner. And uh, so we're very, we treat our shares as though they are very precious. Uh, so uh, offsetting that, we're a growth-minded group. My whole shtick for 10 plus years has been growth by acquisition and uh, we get a lot of deal flow. Uh, our management team, our CEO and CFO are ex-Glencore. Uh, our COO worked at uh, basically all the largest uh, gold mining companies uh, in Africa and several others. Uh, so a lot of experience with M&A, with integration, and there's a lot of opportunity for us to leverage our platform, especially as we've got that cash flow uh, coming off our assets and Galaxy Phase Two taken care of and our debt paid off. We have a lot of capacity to fund something ourselves. So what we're looking for is something that where we don't have too much upfront dilution. Uh, not afraid of a big deal, especially if the dilution is going to hit us later on, after we we can show some more value. Uh, and a way to leverage our platform and our skill set of our management team and the cash flow coming from the existing assets. So definitely looking at uh, other opportunities. But I'm talking about the way that you go about funding that because it's a little bit hand to mouth at the moment. You produce, you're starting to produce some cash. I get phase two is coming, it'll ramp up a bit. But these are not large resources, okay? You're gonna need to spend money on exploration to build, build these assets out if they've got the potential to do so, okay? In this market, there's you know there's a lot of money slushing around, and people get excited about M and A activity. So, who's gonna how are you gonna fund it all? Because you got, last I saw you've got about three million in cash. You've you've got how much debt have you got? You talked there about what's the combined debt? Uh, yeah, we have uh, a net debt of about twelve or thirteen. Million. Right, you paid off by at some point in 2022, which is which is fantastic, but it is just creating money to pay down debt to stand still. So what yeah, are you going to do about the growth as, component? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't describe it as hand to mouth. Uh, I mean, we're generating uh, millions of dollars every month. And if you look at it, but how do you spend that? How do you spend it? Um, what are you going to spend it? Uh, on? So I gave you the priorities. Number one is pay down debt. Number two is fund the, the CapEx for phase two of Galaxy. And then after that, which is really we're talking about 2022, when we really have free cash, and the numbers aren't so small. Like when you're talking about exploration, these are operating mines. So when we're talking about extension drilling, we're talking about spending a few hundred thousand dollars. Uh, you know, that's easily funded out of our existing operations. Uh, and I wouldn't call it small. I mean, Galaxy is now 2.4 million ounces, all categories. Not a small resource. It's been going since 18 in, since the 1880s. So we do have a lot of cash flow. Now, what kind of deals are we looking at? Is it a mine with some infrastructure that we can buy? Um, that needs like 30 or $40 million to put into production, then that's something that when we're looking at taking a year or two to do a bankable feasibility study, which we can easily fund, and spending 30 or 40 or even $50 million where we can contribute, say, half of that in the equity component to funding that CapEx ourselves out of our cash flow can get the rest through debt. 
we have a lot a lot of opportunities now we'd love to do a bigger deal uh and some of those are coming across our desk and we will use capital markets but like i said we're our shares uh, are very precious to us and even though they have moved up a lot and we could access markets here we're just not going to do it unless the the opportunity is accretive it's it just uh we have a great thing going with what we've got we spent almost 10 years getting to this point and now we got a gold market hitting us at just the same time as our production is going up so now is the time where we need to take advantage of that and just prove what we're doing is working and let that value be shown in the market. I want to pick up on something you just said there. Because Galaxy, you've got whatever, it's just over 600,000 measured and indicated. To bring the inferred into M&I, you are going to need to spend money. It's, it's not a few hundred thousand dollars, is it? Uh, so actually, we, we released, released a new PEA in June. So we upgraded the measured and indicated to 970,000. Correct. And okay. just to put that in perspective, our phase two production rate averages 43,000 ounces a year. I mean, we've got a huge mine life uh, off of what we've already got. Uh, and the inferred components uh, over a million ounces uh, at Galaxy. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll convert that as we go. Converting it for a, a mature mine that's already operating and that we're already underground, that is not millions of dollars. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars of expenditure. And it's not really a, a burning priority. Like if we go to the market and say, we got a good lift. And I think uh, the market really reacted positively to us going from 1.6 million to 2.4 million ounces, all categories. But that also came with a, a PEA for the expansion uh, to phase two and a 10 plus year mine life with double the production 440,000 ounces over the 10 years. So the market reacted to that. If we add another three or 400,000 ounces, which I can say uh, with some uh, humility, we could easily do. I don't think that has much impact and it certainly won't in the short or medium term have any impact on our mining plants. So it was really academic. Uh, So that is not a focus for us at this point. Uh, Even if we were to make it three and a half million ounces, it sounds good, but it's not going to have any short-term impact meeting the next few years on anything we're actually mining. So I don't think it really is a huge part of the value equation, Uh, but it's not going to be, the point being is it's not going to be a huge um, drain of our resources to continue to expand our and, and backfill our resource as we mine some of it out. Okay, can you give any um, clues? Because like I'm up, I'm going off your PowerPoint here, and I, and I should have should have read the last quarterly uh, guidance on, on uh, the M and I. But what else did you talk about in terms of forward guidance in, in the last quarterly? With regards to say things like ASIC or, or cash flow. So we we've been, because of the uh, COVID. <laughs> we backed off uh, giving formal guidance, but I, I can tell you what our previous guidance was, mm-hmm. uh, and we have, we're have we not going to meet it for this year, and the primary reason being uh, COVID, but uh, we're uh, expecting to be into Galaxy by August uh, or September, and now that's pushed out. Uh, so that was uh, an asset that was going to produce um, uh, 18,000 ounces this year. That's been backed off because most of that production was coming September through December. So I think we're going to come in at three to 4,000 ounces there for that, that production. We hit that full uh, run rate for 2021. And, and uh, Mupani is basically bounced between uh, 30,000 to 36,000 ounces. And we're going to continue to be uh, in there. Now, Mupani, that's one that's mature. We've taken every little bit of cost out of it that we can. Um, just to give an example, it was run under, when we took it over, I think it had 611 direct employees, now has 147. 
It's a very different uh, way of operating. Doesn't mean we we still we didn't get rid of 75% of the people, but we converted it from what was a primarily fixed cost business with everything internalized to um, a 65 or 70% variable cost business, which has certainly helped us with COVID because you know our, our ASIC hasn't soared because our production came down because some of those costs melt away as our, our throughput goes down. Uh, so that one, uh, we guide people to about 1050 to 1100 all in cost. So you can see in the, in the dark days of 1100 or $1,200 gold, that was truly hand to mouth. But now at $1,900 gold, it's a fabulous contributor. Uh, it's a huge, huge funding source for us. And Galaxy, as it hits the full phase one, and we've got the technical report we just released in, in June, uh, and phase two, uh, it's in the mid 800s uh, in phase one. So that's 2021. And as we get to phase two, it's uh, about mid 700s. Okay. So it's, uh, it's still, it's not a low cost. It's not the low end of the cost curve. Uh, but it's it's dragging our overall cost down. Okay. So still, um, you know, again, uh, hand to mouth uh, for uh, 2020 uh, and 2019. But at these gold prices, uh, fantastic contributor going forward. Have you got some warrants coming up soon? Tell me about. Yeah, that. we did. Uh, we've only done really one uh, financing since uh, going public. Uh, which was done in 2018. And we, we had a, a debt piece uh, for $5 million, uh, which uh, had a precondition uh, a condition precedent of raising $2 million of equity uh, alongside or contemporaneous with closing that debt. So we did that. Most of that was purchased by insiders, uh, almost all of it. I'd say about uh, 85% of it was purchased by insiders and family members. Nobody, even just two years ago, just nobody uh, really cared on gold. Uh, so those uh, that came with the warrant, and that was uh, that warrant is expiring in three weeks. So at this point, I'm going to say about 35 million of the 54 million warrants have already been exercised. Uh, about half of them were exercised last year. Uh, so um, uh, th those came in. I'm going to say December. Yeah, December. I believe they were exercised. Uh, so uh, they've been trickling in. They accelerated throughout the summer. It is a little bit of pressure on our stock. Um, uh, none of the insiders are selling or, or, or uh, close holders, uh, but we have a few million shares and people are up a lot, obviously. So there has been a few million shares of selling. I would expect that all the warrants are exercised probably about uh, in the next two weeks uh, or even sooner. Uh, so a week or two before the deadline, they expire in October. And we are seeing some of that pressure now. Uh, I expect that to be sort of uh, burned off uh, sort of by the end of October. Okay. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was looking at that. I was wondering what was going on. Okay. So only a couple of more weeks. So that's that's good news. Um, two things I want to ask you about is, um, one, with regards to expiration at Mupane, um, it's got a short life of mine, right? And it is a small resource. So what's the plan there in terms of building that out? Uh, so uh, you're going to have to indulge me for a minute on this one. It's not, not the shortest and most concise answer. So uh, just going backwards in time, we had the primary pit was called Tau. So that was an open pit, and that was mostly what I am bold mined. Most of our last five years is us having transitioned that to underground. So that opened up uh, additional resource. It was uh, supposed to be a couple years. Of course, we've added year after year after year to that. Uh, we're coming to the end of what was known. We found even more. So we will get some more contribution there. We can't uh, talk to the market in a compliance sense about 
how much more we think is there, but there's more there. Uh, we've started a new underground mine uh, just uh, adjacent to um, uh, or close to Tau, uh, which is an area that we mined previously as an open pit called the Golden Eagle. Going back to the early 90s, that was an underground mine uh, operated by Phelps Dodge, if you could believe that. And we have uh, reopened it as an underground mine and we're starting production there. That operation only has about a year and a half worth of contribution. However, it's open at depth. The last significant uh, exploration was done there over 20 years ago. So in the context of today's gold prices, we expect to extend that. It's not gonna be a monster for us, but in terms of incremental contribution, yep, there's gonna be more there. Uh, we've got uh, our Jim's Luck asset, uh, which we basically drilled up in 2012 and then have sat on for the better part of 10 years. And that's something that we're going to come back to and, and possibly have contribution there. Uh, third or fourth, I should say, we did a JV about a year or two years ago with B2 Gold. They approached us and we farmed out to them most of our, we have basically the entire Greenstone belts uh, in Botswana. Uh, under uh, under our uh, prospecting license, and, and we farmed out most of it to B2 Gold. They approached us. They had this idea. Maybe they know something that we don't, uh, and they were looking for bigger targets, uh, something that would fit their uh, size requirements. And we have a deal where basically if they find something, then great, we're carried to a bankable feasibility. They'll have a great asset. Maybe they'll want to buy out our, our infrastructure so they have a mill that's already there and operating and could be in production tomorrow kind of thing. Or if they find 50,000 ounces, 150,000 ounces, or 500,000 ounces, huge contribution for us, and they're going to walk away from it because it doesn't move the needle for them. Uh, one last thing I'll add is we have been producing, uh, and I am Gold have been producing in, in aggregate uh, at Mapani since 2005. Uh, so we have uh, tailings, which has something like 180, 190,000 contained ounces. Uh, once we hit the end of life on our mine and we're sent and we can say, look, we're, we're done with this place. We're, we're nowhere. We're years away from that. We're going to go back at those tailings and round numbers. Uh, we don't have any um, compliant report on this. We can recover about half the gold in, in there and we can do it in about one year. We have a bit of CapEx associated with that to reconfigure our mill to process the tailings. It's a different process, but we've got all the nuts and bolts that, that are there and that'll be the single biggest year of contribution in the history of Mapani because we're going to get 70, 80, 90,000 ounces from it in one year at minimal operating costs. As we have no mining costs. We have no trucking costs. It's all tailings right next to the plant. Uh, so that's that's the final act at Mapani, and it'll be a great one, but that's still years out. So we aren't spending, we're still not all that stuff I listed. It, we're still talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of ex expenditure because we're mining at Golden Eagle. We have a compliant resource at Jim's Luck. We're mining a towel. So we're, we're talking about uh, basically incremental expenditure for a little bit of exploration that's all near mine. Okay, great. A lot of moving parts there. And just on the tailings, I mean, why wouldn't you just sell that now? Let someone else do it. Take the cash now. You could, you could make, depends what you could do with the cash, I guess. The, uh, the other thing is you would want to use our plant or the, the nuts and bolts of our plant, which we need <laughs> for uh, processing. And if I were to pick anyone on earth who is knows the situation the best, who can get the most economic value out of it, it would be us. So we're not hurting for cash. Uh, we're funding everything as we go. Uh, it just makes sense for us to keep that margin for ourselves and, and just be greedy about it. It's going to be a few years from now, but it, when it comes, it's going to be a, a very big contributor. 
Okay. So I think you've answered the question of what will you do once you do become free cash flowing. So I think that was something I think people wanted to try and understand. So thank, thank you for that. And um, just on the, the BT Gold, I just wondered what the upside was there because I think the deal is they're going to spend, was it four million bucks over three years and get a resource of plus one million ounce. They've spent a million bucks already. What happens if they do discover something more there? They, they get a 70% earn, earn in on, on that basis, but what, what's that mean for you? Look, at, at only 30% of, uh, and now especially with us in a stronger position than we were when we signed the deal, not so easy to bully us around. But, um, you know, look, if they find something big that, uh, you know, using their methods and their capabilities, which obviously from an exploration side uh, clearly exceed ours, uh, then, you know, we have 30% of it and we could try and fund or they buy a set of the 30%. I think the most likely outcome is they just, they, we try and do a deal where they buy our plant uh, because anything within the Greenstone Belt is trucking distance to that plant. And you get a 1.2 million ton per annum plant and you could be in production overnight um, in mining, in a mining sense overnight, not uh, obviously not overnight, uh, but uh, in mining years, yes. So that's the most likely outcome uh, in that scenario. Realistically, the most likely outcome uh, overall is uh, they find some promising things, maybe a few hundred thousand ounces, and they walk away. Now, it's not the very good uh, mining promoter speak on my, my part, but that's the highest probability outcome. And that's not a negative thing for us either in the sense that we've spent nothing. And uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars is absolutely meaningful to us at Mopani. Okay. Um, right. So thanks. Appreciate your time today. Um you know, Ravi, it's been it's been interesting. Like I say, new story to us. I, I just wanted to understand how, how you guys think about it. You're you're obviously keeping costs nice and tight. You're not rushing out to do any M and A. But like I guess everyone says, you know, if the right thing comes along, you think you can finance that. Yeah, and and again, in the in the world of the realistic, I'd love to do a great big open pit with the low strip ratio that's in Canada or Australia. So at a hundred other people, probably. <laughs> probably we're not the lead bidder or if we won, it would be at a price that's exorbitant, but uh, put a few twists on that. Maybe it's underground. You lose 80% of your audience there. Maybe there's uh, some issue with metallurgy, sulfides, refractory ore, stuff that we already deal with. You lose half your audience again. Uh, maybe there's a jurisdictional twist and, you know, our whole management team has worked in interesting, colorful places for most of our careers. So we can, you know, very uh, realistically, incredibly, look at opportunities that have a small universe of people that, that we're competing against bigger than it was a year or two years ago, but still small. And that's probably, that's the sweet spot for us. And it doesn't preclude doing deals in Canada and Australia, by the way, but I, they're most likely they're going to be underground and they'll also be sub hundred thousand ounces. Once you get uh, over, over that level, we're going to be start competing with Yamana and I am gold and things. And that's not a place we want to be, but uh, 50,000 ounce a year mine in a great jurisdiction. I mean, that's something we'd love to add to our portfolio. Nice. I like that. That's a great, great finish to the conversation. Ravi, thanks so much. We will speak to you again. Stay in touch. Pick up the phone if there's uh, more news, okay? Fantastic. Will do. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.